Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the third episode of the MLS Junkie Podcast. Hello, how are you? I hope you're doing well. I know it's been a while, but it's been a busy time. I had a lot of stuff to do, so now we're back at it. A lot of stuff has happened since the last time we uploaded an episode. And we're, we have a lot to talk about today. A lot to talk about. So first, to get things uh, started right off the bat, the All-Star Game is trying to be decided, and the MLS is trying to coax Real Madrid into being the opponents in the All-Star Game. Okay, I don't know how I feel about the All-Star Game, because I know in most sports, the All-Star Game is like a joke. Um, Like, football, it sucks. Basketball, it's awful. Um, But... I think it would be good to see an East versus West All-Star team. Not like an All-Star team versus a profe- like a, a big professional club. And the only reason I say that is because I believe it hurts the image of the MLS. And I know people will watch it if it's Real Madrid, but I think that the bigger the MLS gets, it eventually has to become East versus West. You can't just play these clubs from Europe because I feel like I feel like that's just, like if you have an entire team of MLS superstars and then you're competing against just one big team in Europe, it to me that shows that you can't compete on a club level. And I mean like right now they can't, like Seattle can't take on Real Madrid, it's just not happening. But I, I still think that they eventually need to move away from that um, type of all-star game and instead just have an East versus West if one at all, but that's very American to have the All-Star game anyway, so I can't see them getting rid of it. But you know what? We'll leave that alone. We're going to get into some signings. A lot of stuff's been going down. We are not that far away from the start of the season. So, Toronto has signed ex-Barca player Victor Vasquez, the center-attacking midfielder. I believe he is 30 or 31 years old. Played for Barca, started at Barca, made his name in the Belgian League, where he played 173 games, scored 25 goals, and had 50 assists, was named the 2014-2015 Belgian Player of the Year, and I think that's a wonderful signing for Toronto. They really lacked at the center-attacking mid-position. They had Michael Bradley, who, let's be real, Bradley's... A great player, don't get me wrong, but he's definitely a solid number eight or number six. He's the guy that's going to win the ball and distribute it. He's not the type of guy that's creative attackingly. They found a little bit of that in Armando Cooper, but again, he wasn't what I believe that people were anticipating when he came to the club. Um, They weren't like they weren't looking for they weren't looking for someone with good footwork and then can't pass a great ball in the final third. They needed something around the final third in order to generate goals and get the ball up to Giovinco and Josie Altador. So I think it was a great move bringing him in. Um along with him there was also oh my god, where am I going? Aha. Sorry, I'm looking along my notes here. We have Maximiliano Morales, 
the five foot three midfielder, twenty nine year old, who is set to be and is now signed as New York City's third designated player. So that's New York City FC. Uh, he's their third designated player. Uh, he's a very quick attacking player. I think it was a good signing. Uh, they're really bolstering. Blo- bolstering? I don't even know the word. They are really big in improving their attacking force. And I can live with that. I can live with that. It is going to. I mean, like losing 7 0 to Toronto. I thought that would make them, you know, kind of be like, well, maybe we need some defense, but they're they're sticking with what they got. So I, I give them respect for that. Uh, Freddie Montero has finally signed on loan uh, with the Vancouver Whitecaps, so they get him for the season. That's a big signing for Vancouver. And Minnesota, the last time we talked, was going after international winger Gat who has now signed for Minnesota. Um, Also, Maxim Tissot, the Canadian defender that played for the Ottawa Fury, and last time he played in the MLS was actually with Montreal. He has now signed for DC, who apparently he impressed in preseason, uh, enough so that they gave him a contract, so good for him. Uh, We'll see how he does in DC. And... Now on to some very big news. Alright? We're going to talk about some... Actually, you know what? No. Before I get into the really big stuff, uh, we're going to talk about this. Uh, The use of video, right, as replays. It's always thrown around like, oh, they should do that and da-da-da-da-da. They just implemented goal line technology not too long ago, and now people are saying use video replays. So they used it in a game, in a preseason game for New York City FC, and David Villa actually got sent off. The, the, now, my opinion, was it a sending off? Yeah, he slapped this guy in the face. Um, is video replay a good thing? Yes. However, I want to know if there is an effective system that they have in order to regulate the video replay. Like, I want to know if it will be video replay only on the basis of the official that is running the match and the linesman and even the fourth official cannot come to a decision or if they're going to Americanize the shit out of it and be like, Oh, every coach has like one video replay a game or some bullshit like that. I think that'd be horrible, but I, I think it should only be when the rest are absolutely uncertain of what happened or if they need to confirm someone getting hit hard obviously like what happened with David Villa and him uh slapping his opponent so yeah it could be a good thing right like overall yes i really do think video could be a good thing uh video replay but i'm i'm honestly not sure um in in the long run it depends how they run the rules around it uh make sure that there are no loopholes uh Make sure that there's no bullshit, pretty much. So everybody will be fine. So now, we're into the uh, the big talks. The big talks. And we're going to start with the MLS is apparently negotiating to sign Chicharito for the summer of 2018. 
So pretty much his contract with Bayern Leverkusen expires at the end of the year. And LAFC, Los Angeles Football Club, or LA Galaxy are looking to sign him. The 28-year-old would be paid more than $9 million, which is more than anyone else is making right now. And I'm not going to argue whether or not he should or shouldn't. I'm going to argue if he... I'm going to assume, like, let's say he does come, I'm going to argue the benefits of LAFC or LA Galaxy. If you go to LA Galaxy, he's playing with a teammate, Giovanni DeSantos, on a well-established team with a lot of money, good coaches, and they will build the rest of the team around him and Giovanni DeSantos 110%. However... If he goes to LAFC, they will have the resources, and having Chicharito will be a base in their first year in the league, so they can effectively start building around him right off the get-go, and he will be the main guy 100%. He doesn't have to share the spotlight. So truthfully, it's up to him. There are benefits in both situations. I would prefer LA Galaxy. Uh, I have no problem with sharing the spotlight, so I would definitely go to LA Galaxy to a well-established team, good funds, good coaches, good players, and you're already playing with a teammate who is talented in his own right. So I think that that would be a good idea for him. Um, I can't believe it if he if he were to actually come over because Giovinco coming over was a big deal. I remember when that happened, and that was a big deal. Chicharito is definitely still in his prime, 28 years old. That's nuts. 28 years old. I I would be more than shocked if uh, if he came over next summer for sure. For sure. Second piece of big news is Sounders, the Seattle Sounders, according to ESPN, are more than 50% likely to sign Kazuki Honda the 30-year-old that plays for AC Milan. He would be paid $1 million to $1.5 million, it's looking like. Um, he's only appeared five times for Milan, so apparently he's quite unsettled with the amount of time that he's getting at the club, which is completely understandable. Um, I think that moving to Seattle would be a unbelievable step for the league. Not only are they bringing in a guy who has unbelievable talent and an incredible left foot. But they're bringing in a big Japanese international, which could help pull some international ratings. Um, again, just upping the standard of the league because he's in no way like in the back nine of his career at the moment. He's doing well. It's just unfortunate that he doesn't play at Milan. Uh, I think that he's very talented. He's a very, very good playmaker. And he would lead Seattle's... He would lead the top of Seattle midfield well along with uh, Alonzo being behind him that's a huge plus and then he has uh, Dempsey who could probably drop into a center forward role and Morris uh, either up top or out wide so he can really put that attacking piece together Um, and I think it would be a smart move and if they can actually land him I think that that would be incredible before the deadline is over um, last bit of news here. Vancouver sends Barnes to Orlando for Breck Shea. So that's kind of interesting. Apparently, um, Breck Shea was sent over to Vancouver, and they had to give up 
Oh, jeez. They had to give up uh, Giles Barnes, is it? Giles Barnes, I think. I think. Yeah, I think so. And um, that's not bad, honestly. I mean, it's not bad because Orlando really needs a goal scorer, to be fair. Um, Kyle Lauren's the only guy that's up there right now, so acquiring Barnes is a big deal because they need someone else to take to help take the the workload off of Kyle Lauren, uh, just in case he gets injured or he needs to be subbed or whatever, and so that he's not the only outlet uh, for goals on that squad. So as long as Kyle Lauren keeps healthy and Barnes keeps healthy and is there to back him up, uh, Orlando could do damage up top, but. I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do. I think that they're going to finish mid-table, but we'll see. Um, I'm going to actually talk about teams here, teams to watch. So the first one I've said is Portland. That's the first one I have on my list. Uh, they play first against Minnesota, opening game of the MLS season. And um, I want to see how Portland does. They acquired good attacking talent, needed some huge help on defense, uh, they haven't really bought, brought in anybody notable as of late. So, I mean, uh, I'll see how it goes with that. I mean, we'll see how it goes. Um, I I hope that they can reclaim some type of glory. Um, not saying that they have to push for first, but definitely get out of that last place position. Um, New York City FC. They've made some great signings and unbelievable draft picks. I really want to see what they can do. I watched them play against Jacksonville University, and I know it's Jacksonville University, but they still did unbelievable. Um, Via was on fire, and if he could stay on fire, like they definitely have a chance uh, at claiming the East, even though I obviously don't want them to, but I think that they really could. Um, FC Dallas. FC Dallas, I want to see what their attacking can do because they have a frightening attacking line um they have incredible depth when it comes to up top everything else is kind of like average but they score so many goals it doesn't even matter um so i definitely want to see how they do they have three young designated players all forward and midfielders so i think that they could be a real force to be reckoned with and i don't think that they want to be knocked out like last time in the playoffs as easily as they did um seattle the champions of the MLS last year, see how they bounce back if they if they're able to if they're able to uh, land Honda that could be huge. Uh, they already have uh, some decent talent in the guys that they had last year. Uh, Clint Dempsey is back; that is a big deal. So we're gonna see if they could keep a title defense. Maybe they'll go for two, or maybe they'll fall short. I don't know. Uh, I personally think obviously I need to see them play, and I've been trying to keep up with everybody in the preseason. Um, they did okay in the preseason. Um, as long as they ha- keep Dempsey healthy and bring in a good attacking midfielder, and I'm not even saying Honda, I'm saying any good attacking midfielder, I think that they could be uh, right up there again with the big dogs this season. DC United. DC United is kind of my sleeper team. They were last year. Uh, DC United... You know, nobody said anything about them. Nobody worried about them. But, you know, they squeezed into fourth in the East. Um, I think that they're going to do well this year. Uh, I think that they've made good 
some very good signings, uh, very good offseason signings. They brought in the uh, Herman Trophy winner, uh, Ian Harks. I think that he can get integrated into the squad right away. I think that they're going to do well. Um, so, yeah, definitely be on the lookout for them. And lastly, I have uh, Toronto FC. Okay. reason I have Toronto FC last is because i got a lot to say about Toronto. All right. Toronto is an unbelievable team. And I'm not, and I'm not just saying. I mean, like New York's obviously unbelievable. New York Red Bulls and and uh, LA Galaxy, like they're unbelievable teams. Toronto FC needs to bounce back after last year, and I think that I was a little bit skeptical. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was a little bit skeptical uh, before, um, saying that like I don't know if they're doing enough. Uh, I know personally, I thought they weren't doing enough. They just didn't bring in the signings that I thought they were going to bring in. They signed some decent talent from the NCAA. Uh, Camargo, Aubrey, uh, two guys that I personally watched. Um, and I thought they were decent. Did I think that they were ever going to sign for us? No. But, I mean, we, did, we didn't exactly use our... We didn't exactly have a big choice on our first-round pick. And I didn't even know Sergio Camargo could have been signed as a... Uh, homegrown player so I mean that's all right um but those two alone weren't going to get me to be like oh I have confidence in Toronto FC this season and then they brought in Chris Mavinga now I'm okay with that because our current left center back is Nick Hagland and um I hate Nick Hagland I'm sorry if Nick ever gets around to watching this be super awkward Uh, but you know what I tell to his face I think he's robbing a living I can't stand him I just don't think he's good enough to be on a caliber like Toronto. I think he's good enough to play in Chicago, Philadelphia, sure, but not not at Toronto. Last year during the finals, which I watched, he was really shaky. Um, maybe it's because it was his first finals. I'm not sure, but we can't have that. So having an experienced defender like Chris Mavinga to stick back there at left center back, he's a tall six foot. I think that, that is wonderful, and that was a good addition to play with Moore and Zavaleta. I think that that is wonderful. Now, the midfield, right? You have Bradley, you have Osorio, you have Cooper, uh, Sheru. We got rid of Will Johnson, which I don't agree with, but whatever. We got this new guy, so I can't I can't complain because, like, you know, he, he seems like he's going to be a baller, so I can't really complain, but we'll see. Um, we definitely needed some attacking presence because going forward, especially in that last game against Seattle, we struggled to put the passes together in the final third. Um, we did it at the beginning of the game and a little bit closing off near the end. Um, in my opinion, that game, we should have focused on going wide more, but whatever. Um, Toronto FC seems to be very central um, because they want to get it into the feats of Josie and uh Giovinco and that is fine but we need someone to get it there and we need someone to be that real number 10 so I think Vasquez was an unbelievable signing that will definitely help us in the long run um I'm very excited for that and then obviously you know you got the two big boys up top uh I would personally play either Bradley or Osorio or Bradley and Cooper and keep the other guys for obviously the backup um Moro on the left the right I'm still not convinced on I, I like Stephen Betashore but I don't know if he's good enough okay I don't know if he's good enough he seems he seems all right like he he didn't panic in the in the finals or any of those games however 
he wasn't ready for the long haul. He wasn't ready to go 120 minutes. Now, I understand it's 120 minutes. I I play soccer. I completely understand that 20 minutes is a long uh, uh, sorry, 120 minutes is a long time to play to run around back and forth, especially doing the defensive and offensive work that they are expected to do for Greg Vanny. I completely understand that. However, if you're not going to sub him, that you, then you must have the faith that he can last 120 minutes. And I watched that game, and by the like 70th minute, he was physically done. Physically done, okay? Now, in my personal opinion, put St. Ricketts out there. You know, Just tell him to run down the wing and put it in. Keep Josie up there. Unfortunately, we had to take out... Um, Unfortunately, we had to take out Giovinco, and I know this might sound crazy, but I would have thrown Jordan Hamilton up there then. Throw Jordan Hamilton up there uh, with uh, Josie Altador and stick to St. Ricketts out wide just to get Ricketts down the line with pace, whip it into one of those two. And they're clinical finishers. Obviously, Josie a little bit more than Jordan, but I have faith in Jordan, and I think they could do the job. So, yeah. Um, so, Stephen Betashore, got to work on his speed. Got to work on his speed and got to work on his endurance, but I think that he'll be fine. Uh, I have faith in the team this year. I hope that they do well, obviously, but then again, I always want to see the teams do well because that means good football is being played, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, oh, But yeah, that's that's where I stand on Toronto FC. I think that they are going to be an incredible team to watch. The, the teams to watch this year that I've mentioned are teams that, you know what? Actually, I'm going to add a team right now. Chicago, okay? I I told you guys in the first episode, I don't think Chicago's heading in the right direction. Um, they brought in Juninho, and they also brought in, uh, I, I believe, a striker. I can't remember his name, but he's a, he's a very good striker um, to, to obviously score goals and fortify midfield. Uh, I watched the game against Toronto FC, the preseason game. Juninho scored a banger. Um I, I can't see him doing that a lot in the season. I'm sorry. Like, I think that when it comes to conference play, if we play them, we smack them. Like, that's that's just my opinion. I mean, I could totally be wrong. Um, but, like, they didn't impress me. They really didn't. They, they didn't impress me. We played pretty shit, but, um, like, we just had, like, a little bit of lapse of concentration. I watched us also play against Minnesota where we killed Minnesota. So, I, I like, I'm, I'm not worried. Um, I think Chicago... I think bringing in Juninho was a panic. I think it was a panic. I think they knew that they were fucked and they needed some talent and they got an old guy who could still kick a ball to fucking play midfield. And I mean, like, he's good. He's good, but I, he's not their saving grace. That's all I'm saying. Like, he's just not their saving grace. So, but you know what? I, I'm going to add them to the watch list because I want to see what they do and I want to see if he's going to make me uh, eat my words. So... We're going to see that. Um, oh, come to think of it, I actually want to see New England, New England Revolution, just because I want to see if Kai Kamara gets back in his stride. Because if he gets back in his stride, the East could be fucked. Like, really fucked. But we'll see. Um, yeah, I think it would definitely be between Kai Kamara and Giovinco for the scoring title. If Kai Kamara finds his groove and they figure out how to use him and play him and all that stuff. But... We'll see what happens. Uh, first game is against uh, Minnesota and Portland. March the 3rd, maybe? March the 3rd or March the 4th? I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I'll get that for you. Um, but 
Yeah, I think that there are some big names this year. Oh, it's March the 3rd. Okay, it's Friday, March the 3rd at 9.30 p.m. So that's all right. And then Toronto FC takes on Real Salt Lake. Columbus Crew against Chicago. Ooh, that's going to be a good game. Columbus Crew versus Chicago. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, L.A. versus... Oh, L.A. Galaxy versus FC Dallas. I don't mean to be rude to my Toronto FC, but L.A. Galaxy versus FC Dallas. That's... That's a big one. I am tuning in for that one. 4 o'clock on a Saturday? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Colorado Rapids and New England. I want to see if Colorado bounces back uh, from last year. Because they really came out of nowhere last year. So, uh, I want to see what happens. Uh, Sporting Kansas City and D.C. Got to watch D.C. Seattle and Houston. Seattle's probably going to win that handsomely. And uh, Montreal and San Jose. Yeah, I'm also going to say Montreal wins that handsomely. So we'll see what happens. Real Salt Lake. I don't know whether to be worried about Real Salt Lake. They really haven't impressed me at all. So I don't know. I watched them against Portland, and it was like 4-3 was like the final score. Defending was just not seen at all. That's another thing why I want to watch Portland, if they if they manage to sure up the back line. Because if, if they don't do anything to this back line, it's going to be a fucking disaster. So, yeah, anyway. Um... Orlando City versus New York City. Eh. I'm betting New York on that one. Uh, Atlanta versus New York Red Bulls. Oh, Jesus. Oh, what a horrible first game. Oh, New York Red Bulls all the way. And Vancouver versus Philadelphia Union. Eh. Eh. I don't know. I, I'm... Uh, wow. Um, I don't know. That'd be one to watch. I don't know who would win that one, to be honest. But yeah, a, a lot of good games. Uh, if you're not the biggest uh, MLS fan and you want to know what to watch I would definitely say watch the um, LA Galaxy and FC Dallas game that is unbelievable attacking and midfield talent going up against some average defense but I mean two top contenders well two two thought to be top contenders in the West going up the first game of the season on March the 4th, and I think it's at like 4 p.m. So anyway, if you can, I would recommend you watch that. All right. um, I am going to go. Uh, It was fun. I'm glad to be back doing this. I'm sorry for the wait between episodes. It's been been a hectic week. I've had a hectic week, so um now it can go back to normal i'll probably come out with one more episode before the season starts and then we'll be doing weeks in review and all that stuff and i'll be giving you my picks for uh the week coming up who who i think is going to win uh who i think is going to lose all that good stuff um i'll probably do that next episode really but i kind of just told you but i'll probably go into a little bit more depth throw some statistics throw up some uh stats at you guys but um yeah um I'm going to sign out here. So I hope you guys enjoyed. This was the third episode of the podcast. Um, I appreciate all the love and support, and I will talk to you guys later.